Winding Down 2016 with really hooking you guys up with all the tools for building a better retirement. If you've ever wanted to know, guys, tell me the difference between IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, 457s, simple IRAs, solo 401ks. This is your place. And we're going to give you the ins and outs that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Come and join us today on The Money Guy Show. It's Brian Preston, The Money Guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions. He's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, The Money Guy. Well, I feel like we need to be playing Rocky music. I would, but this thing has been, because we're using <laughs> a truly antique iPod, like first version. I can't, that has it's no battery. First generation. So this thing is old school and it's popping, making weird sounds. We'll probably go to retire this thing in the next year, which kind of saddens me, but, um, it's still, it's hanging in there. So we're not going to play any Rocky music like I would normally, but we got a lot of ground to cover. And I think it's kind of fitting that we're going to be doing this show as the last show of 2016, the last show that um, I'm affiliated with Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management. Um, we got a cool new disclosure that's going to be coming at the end of next show, our first show of 2017, which is when we'll be part of a bound wealth. Um, if you'll, you know, we'll have a new website up, hopefully first, first week of January at aboundwealth.com if you want to check it out and tell us your thoughts. So that will be coming. And then guys, we're closing out. I, I mean, I just made it through Christmas. Got my mother-in-law out the door on Tuesday. Had a house full of family members all through Christmas. Really an exciting time. It's, it's been a good 2016. For sure. I, it's um, a, lot, a lot going on. But um, thank you, thank you, guys. If we don't tell you enough, we appreciate everything you ever did for us. Um, MoneyGuy.com is the website if you want to go check us out, if you want to go download um, our archives. Remember, if you give us your email address, that's it. We just need an email address. We give you access to everything. We open up the vault so you can go all the way back to 2006 because we will be starting our, going into our 12th year of broadcasting, um, next year, which is kind of exciting. So, um, we're kind of the old timers. Hey, I'd like to share a really quick update with everyone out there. Uh, if you're someone who listens to us through iTunes and you just automatically subscribe, uh, and every time a new show hits, you go, you go out there and grab it. Uh, that is fantastic. One thing that we have done in the past two weeks is we have actually opened up our iTunes library a little bit. So I think where we used to only have our most recent 10, 15 shows out there. Now, if you go out to iTunes, you can see a full year of, uh, of shows out there. So if you want to go see some of the things we did in 2016, uh, go out there, feel free to download it, check it out, stream it, and then leave a comment on, on iTunes uh, letting us know what you thought. And last thing, just before we do this house cleaning, is that we love working with clients all over the country. So if you want to take the relationship to the next level, please check us out. Um, you can go to moneyguy.com to go check out how you work with us. And then starting in January, you can go to aboundwealth.com. And you can write me directly as Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at moneyguy.com, or my co-host, Mr. Bo Hanson, B-O, at moneyguy.com. Because remember, by day, we are fee-only wealth managers. We're truly fiduciaries. Even before the government started mandating that type of stuff, we were already trying to do what we could for our clients and our listeners that have graduated to that next level. So let's jump into this because we got a ton of ground to cover on tools for building a better retirement. And I think the timing could not be better. Hopefully a lot of you guys, you're sitting there full of your your honey-baked ham, your smoked turkey, whatever you had over the holidays, and you got your year-end bonus or a big fat pay raise like, you know, Clark Griswold did in Christmas Vacation, or at least he thought he was going to get. 
Um, and now you're trying to figure out what do we do with all this extra money that's coming in? And this is a perfect time because you hear me talking about it. We're all working to build that army of dollar bills so that you don't have to work so hard with your back, your hands, your brain. You're going to be able to do it through your money because that's what the best thing to do is when you just enjoy life and let your money do all the heavy lifting. So that's the biggest part. And if you're not taking advantage of all the tax-favored things that the government sets up, you're really missing out or blowing it. I'll just say it, you're blowing it. Because the two biggest things that are going to hurt you on saving and building is is your fees and taxes. Yep. So if you're not taking advantage of all the tax-favored treatment that the government's providing in retirement accounts... You're just missing out on a golden opportunity. So what we're going to do is we're going to demystify everything. We're going to show you, we're going to go through, I mean, this ought to be called the alphabet of financial planning options for retirement vehicles. Yeah, that's... That's that's an okay that's title. That's a horrible title. No, that's okay. We'll give you an A for effort. Nobody ever said that I was a slogan guy. No, you, nobody not ever does. I mean, I'm the guy who kills up every colloquial type thing that you know you're trying to analogies. I screw it all up. But here, let's jump in. Here's how we're going to break this in. We have three different segments on how we broke out today's show. We've got retirement vehicles and retirement savings options or tools for everyone. We got retirement savings tools for employees. And then we got retirement savings tools for employers or the self-employed. So that's how we're breaking this thing out so we hit everybody. But I tell you this, I don't want you to stop listening after I get through the Retirement for everyone and the employees one. Because even if you are not self-employed or an employer, you're probably going to get something out of the last one. Because all you guys that have side hustle yep. income, you got to tune into the last part of the show, too. Because we're going to tell you how to turn some of that side hustle income into turbocharging your retirement. And essentially, double dipping on the tax savings that the government's offering. So here's the first one is retirement for everyone. Without a doubt... The easiest thing you can do is go set up an IRA, an individual retirement account. These things have been around forever. Um, you know, they keep, they, they're indexed for inflation, so they keep going up. If you're an old timer like me, you remember when they were $2,000 a year. Now they're $5,500 a year that you can contribute to a retirement account, um, an, an, an individual retirement account, an IRA. But if you're over 50, you get a catch up contribution of $1,000. But they're not created equal because these things come in two varieties. You have the traditional IRA and then you have the Roth IRA. Um, the traditional it gives you the ability to save tax-deferred. And what, realize, guys, when we talk about tax-deferred, tax-free, after-tax, those are your three pots that we talk about when we're talking about tax diversification. Tax, after-tax is like your savings accounts. That's where money goes in, and if it earns any income, you're going to pay tax now, but the principal's already had its taxes paid on it. Tax-deferred, like your traditional IRA, means that the government's going to give you the incentive. They may give you a deduction when you make the contribution, but they're also going to incentivize the growth of the account, meaning that any income that's earned, any uh, capital appreciation, because maybe you bought something for $10, now it's worth $20, that growth of when you purchase it is going to grow completely tax-deferred, meaning the government's going to look the other way until you actually withdraw the money. And then once you withdraw the money, that's when the government, Uncle Sam, puts his hand out and goes, okay, time to pay up. That's how tax-deferred works. And then, of course, tax-free are accounts that, you know, they don't give you a tax deduction now, but they say, you know what, we're going to incentivize saving for retirement so much that 
we're going to let this money grow completely tax free. You put $10,000 in, it grows to 50,000 at retirement. That $40,000 of growth is yours to keep with no taxation to Uncle Sam. Those are Roth accounts. When you see Roth before something, that means that they are giving you that tax-free growth, and that's a tremendous opportunity. So traditional IRAs, remember, give you tax-deferred growth. Roth IRAs give you tax-free growth, and that's an incredible opportunity. But you have to understand all that great power, of course, comes with some limitations. The limitation is is that once you make over $117,000 as a single individual or $184,000 as a married couple, the government puts the brakes on you and says, whoa, 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 we're going to limit your ability to make contributions or maybe even exclude you from making contributions at all into these Roth accounts. They don't do that on the traditional side of things, but they do definitely do it on the Roth. Bo, what are your thoughts on the on the, the IRA accounts? Yeah, there's two two things. Well, three things that I really love about these accounts. One is if you're listening to this, you're thinking, okay, Brian, you just sold me. How do I do it? How do I go open open up one of these accounts? Do I need to hire an advisor? What? No, you don't have to. You can go to any of the ma- major brokerage houses. You know, E Trade, Fidelity, Vanguard, Charles Schwab. Pick your poison, and you can literally go open up an account directly. It's not something you have to right do there on the your, web. Yep, you can do it right there. Nice and easy, uh, nice and easy, not automatic. But if you're someone sitting there saying, wow, Brian, I really appreciate you sharing this, but holy cow, it is the 30th of December. There's no, you know, how am I going to get this thing done before the end of the year? The good news is you actually don't have to. You can fund IRAs all the way up until the tax filing deadline. So even if you're listening to this in February of 2017, you can still go back and make an IRA contribution uh, for 2016, so long as you do it before you file your tax return. And the last thing I'll say, because I, I don't go into a great detail on this, but we, we do help our clients navigate this journey, is if you are one of those people that's excluded from making Roth IRA contributions because of your income, there are some planning opportunities where you can use Roth conversions. You can convert a traditional IRA or a rollover IRA into a Roth account, as well as make there's even backdoor Roth contributions by contributing to a traditional and then converting it to a Roth, but way too complex to talk about on a podcast that we're going to cover all the savings vehicles. So that's one of those things maybe you need to take the relationship to the next level on. If I'm somebody sitting here listening, Brian, and, and you know, I obviously care about taxes, but the thing that I'm really concerned about is like estate planning and how do I pass on these assets to my kids? Any thoughts there on differences between traditional IRAs and oh, Roth yeah, great IRAs? Great point because, you know, we have it in the notes. And, of course, I get so excited that I blow through the details. Here's the other great thing about the Roth accounts. What is the worst thing that happens? People love the compounding interest that you get with the tax-deferred growth of a traditional IRA, with a Roth IRA, with its tax-free growth. You love that the government's looking the other way while these things grow. But we all know that the government has this deal where they're smiling inside in the fact that it's 70 and a half with all of your 401k assets, your 403b, your IRA assets, that it's 70 and a half, they're going to force you to start taking distributions called required minimum distributions. And it's based upon an actuarial timetable of how many years that the government thinks you'll live. And then they divide that out. And that's how they get you to pay taxes on that money and pay out. Guess what? The Roth is the gift that keeps on giving. And the fact that you reach 70 and a half with a Roth IRA, the government still looks the other way. So from an estate planning standpoint, these things are tremendous for people who, who do want to see how they can pass money on to their heirs and let it continue to grow. That's why we will have people, 
general advice that that we like to give people sure. is that I like when you're because we're going to get to other retirement accounts like four Roth four one ks and other things here on the next section. And people ask me, well, how do I know whether to do traditional or the Roth? And I always say, well, if you're in the tax bracket lower than 25%, you ought to be doing the Roth. But there is an exception to that for people who are getting older and maybe money is not as important from a saving standpoint, but they start thinking from the estate planning. It's okay sometimes to choose the Roth on those employer plans just for the estate purpose. But that's getting into a higher level of things. But I, I just want to make sure we talk about that. And that's a great segue and a transition point for us to talk about retirement for employees. Because a lot of you guys, you're already probably doing the, the traditional IRAs or the Roth IRAs, but you also are going to work every day and your employer is offering your retirement plan. I went and pulled the stats from um, the Pew organization where 58% of U.S. workers are offered access to a retirement plan. Now, what's surprising is even though over half of America is offered a retirement plan, only 49% of us are taking advantage of these plans. So less than half the people in the United States are actually taking advantage of their employer-provided retirement plans. And I want to just caution you because here's the cool thing about most retirement plans. The majority of them are going to offer some type of free money. If I came to your house, came to your office and visited you and I said, hey, Paul, Mary, John, whatever your name is, so glad to see you. I was so excited to come hang out with you today. In addition to bringing you lunch or taking you out to lunch, I've got a bag of money sitting outside your door just because I'm so encouraged to come see you today. There's not a one of you, as we walked out to go get our lunch together, that you wouldn't bend down and pick up the sack of money and say, thank you, Brian, we really really appreciate it. It's the same thing if I offered you a gift card for free or anything like that. You're going to take advantage of the free stuff. But unfortunately, there's a portion of the population that is doing that exact same thing by not participating and not participating enough to maximize that free matching contribution from their employer. Also, when you have retirement plans, a lot of these things offer some tremendous incentives through ERISA protection where you know ERISA protection is a, a part of the law that the when these when these plans were formed they they're they're ERISA laws which give additional creditor protection so if you ever get sued if you start having financial trouble or other things like that you want your money to be in these ERISA type of accounts that we're about to go into so you got tax save you got tax favored investments tax favored growth you also got ERISA protection, and then you got free money from your employer. Let's talk about these things because you can tell they're they're pretty daggum exciting to get into it. So the first thing I want to start simple, and then we'll kind of no, move into no the big pun ones. intended. Gosh, you know, I didn't even realize I was going to do it that way. But simple IRAs is really they're kind of that 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 go between vehicle that a small business will set up. They first, you know, here's here's the evolution of a small business owner. They start the company, they're first, they're like, oh my God, how do I keep the lights on? Not thinking about retirement, I promise you. They're just like, how do we keep the lights on? So, but then after, you know, year two or three, they start making a little jingle and they go, I got to start saving, thinking about retirement now so I can quit working this hard. And so the first thing you'll typically see a small business owner do is because they don't have employees yet, is they will set up like a SEP IRA. And we'll be talking about those in a minute. Don't worry. I'll just put a placeholder there and know that that's a tease that I'm going to get to SEPs a little bit. They'll set up a SEP, but then they start growing. 
And then they'll add a few employees and they realize they need to offer a benefit that allows the employee to also contribute to their retirement too, because they know, gosh, we're just trying to keep the lights on. I can't give all the money to just the employee, to the retirement plan. We've got to make sure we're giving our employees a tax favored investment option. And they can't afford to do the 401k because here's, here's the downside to traditional 401ks that we all take for granted when you work for a company is that they have cost. I mean, you have to do file a tax return every year called a 5500. You also have to do all kind of testing unless you're doing a safe harbor. Well, if you're doing a safe harbor, there's a pretty good match that you have to do with it. So there's these costs that your employer has to pay, plus all the administration and custodian and all these other fees that are out there. So a small business owner typically, I can't pay all that stuff yet. Mm-hmm. So they'll set up a simple IRA, which is... Kind of like a 401k a little bit, but it's just, it's, it's a 401k light because yeah. it, you can't contribute as much. These things are, are, are very easy to adopt. They don't have the filing requirements. They don't have the testing requirements that you see with 401ks. So this is an easy way for small businesses to wade into, um, tax favored savings opportunities for their employees. So simple IRAs allow you to put in $12,500 a year as a salary deferral, unless you're, of course, over 50, and then you get to do a catch-up of an additional 3000 which means you'd be able to do 15500 into a simple. But um, And then usually there's an employer match of somewhere between 3 to 4%, depending upon how they are structured. There is one caveat to simple IRAs I have to make sure I tell you guys. You set up a simple IRA with your employer, you will not touch that account you will not try to withdraw money from that account for two years. You hear me? Two years. And the reason I tell you that is because most retirement products, once you put them in retirement, if you try to get to them before it's time, there's a 10% early withdrawal penalty. Simples, I don't know why the government did it. I'm sure I could go Google it and figure out the answer. Sure. They didn't put a 10% penalty on these things. They put a 25% penalty on them in the first two years. So once you start contributing to a simple you got to rock and roll with that thing for at least two years. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Even if you don't pull the money out to go spend it, if you say you change employers, you start working somewhere for a year, and then you change and you go somewhere else, and you say, man, I just want to roll my simple into the new 401k I have my new employer, even that has to be after that two-year mark. So just know before you do any of these transactions, you want to make sure you know how long you've been participating. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a captive person for two years once right. you're in that simple plan. So let's talk about the next evolution is the 401k and 403bs. These are what most of you probably have access to with your employers. They allow you to save $18,000 a year as a salary deferral unless, of course, you're over 50 and then you get to turbocharge it with that catch-up contribution and do up to $24,000 a year because there is a $6,000 catch-up. We love the fact that these plans, they got modernized a few years back where they also allow you to either choose traditional contributions where you get that tax-deferred growth or you can get, in addition to tax deferral, you get a current deduction as well. It lowers your current taxes. But they uh, but they allow employers to also offer their employees a Roth option. Whoa, bro. Well, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an executive at the company and I'm a highly compensated person. And, you know, I make too much to do Roth contributions. So that must not make sense for me. That's the cool thing about these things. It didn't matter if you make $2 million a year. $3 million, $1 million, it doesn't matter, 400000 Anybody can do a Roth 401k. If, as long as your employer chose that option to do Roth 403bs, 401ks, they are completely tax-free and it doesn't matter what you make. 
Um, now realize that's only on the salary deferrals. Your employer's portion, the match, the profit sharing, that stuff is all going to go in pre-tax because they gave your employer a tax deduction on them. But the, but your contributions can be completely tax-free in their growth element. But if I do the Roth, does that mean I can only do 5500 you know, is that is that the nope. most I can do in the Roth 401k? You remember those two numbers I gave you, 18000 or 24000 if you're over 50. You can do all of that in tax-free growth. So t- tremendous opportunity with Roth portions. And remember what I said about ERISA protection. Both 403Bs, 401ks, and even 457s, which I'll talk about in a minute, have what's called ERISA protection, creditor protection. If you get sued, you start having some financial issues. They're going to be favored and protected assets um, in court of law and, uh, and other areas where that could be a concern. Okay, Brian. So I have a question. So I'm an employee and, uh, and I hear what you're saying. And I love the fact that 401ks are great savings opportunities. But man, the company that I work for, our 401k just stinks. It was sold by an insurance company. It's probably a smaller plan. You know, there's a bunch of really expensive investment options. Should I even do the 401k or should I just not even worry with it? You have to love the one you're with and up to the match. That's the key thing we tell people when they're when we're talking about prioritizing how you should save your money. Here's the thing about the match. If your employer offers like a safe harbor plan where they, they don't want to do all the testing, so they give you an automatic three or four percent matching contribution as long as you contribute somewhere between three to five percent of your money, you really ought to do that three to five percent. Because here's the thing. A lot of those plans are structured where it's a dollar for dollar match up to that three or four percent. And that's a hundred percent rate of return. Meaning that, you know, think about it. if I, if I contacted you, cold called you and said, guess what? I've got something that if you'll give me a thousand dollars next year, I'm going to give you a thousand dollar rate of return. I mean, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars for a hundred percent rate of return. Just like that bag of money analogy I made earlier. Every one of us are going to do it, especially if we find out that the government has encouraged this behavior and it's and it's it's backed by that type of uh, of action with the tax law. You're going to take advantage of that employer match. And realistically, it's even probably better than 100% rate of return if you think about the tax savings, right, Brian? So if you put a dollar in the 401k and you're in the 25% tax bracket, it's a 25% saving. You know, you, that, well, the you government funded 25% cents. of your of your contribution through the tax savings. And then if you have a dollar for dollar match, there's a hundred. So you've got. I mean, it's a it's a really hard argument to make that even really crummy 401ks. You ought to do the match. Don't deserve some sort of contribution. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. You know, we see it when we're talking about the um, order of operations. We've done a podcast. If you want to go check out the order of operations on your financial assets, but without a doubt, we tell people just real quickly: make sure you're getting that match. And then go out and maybe do the Roth for Roth IRA if you can only do so much. You know, those, those are the, the quick things that you can do to really turbocharge and take advantage of, of your retirement plans. Now, here's something exciting I want to get into because we talk about 401ks, we talk about 403bs, but there are some lucky people out there in our listening audience that work for a government or, or, or something to that effect, um, a school system, and they are offered I feel like we ought to, uh, you know, some some 457B plans. Guys, holy cow. I get so excited when I find out somebody has a 457 opportunity um, because here's what makes them unique. They're very similar to 401Ks. They're very similar to 403Bs. All the ERISA protection, all the, the same 18000 or 24000 for those that are over 50 on your salary deferrals and your contributions. But here's the two key benefits that we love. 
The first is no early withdrawal penalties, meaning you have a separation of service. You remember how I told you most retirement accounts, whether it's IRAs, whether it's 401ks, 403bs, you have to be 59 and a half before you can get access to that money without having a 10% penalty. Realize there's, there's some exceptions to that rule. Um, if you're a public service official or if you had it in separation prior to 59 and a half, maybe at 55, you can get access to those assets or 72T. Those are all kind of things that we could talk about. I'm not going to muddy the water with that today, but just realize 59 and a half is a pretty hard rule that you don't get access to your money unless it's a 457. Then, there's no 10% penalty. I mean, you, you, now that does not mean you need to run out there and go buy a Ford pickup truck with your retirement account just because you had a separation in service, but it does give you additional flexibility if you're one of these people that does retire early. So I just want to make sure I understand this. So let's say, Brian, that I go into military service when I'm, when I'm a young man at 20 and I have to put in 20 years of service. And so for those 20 years while I'm working, I just save and save and save in a 457. So. Yeah. Uh, I get to 40 years old and I decide, okay, I want to take maybe two or three years out of the workforce or I've been a really diligent saver and I'm going to retire at 40. I can actually get access to my $457 without any penalties. Yep. You're going to still pay income taxes. And uncle wants his cut, but there's not going to be an additional 10% early withdrawal penalty like you see with most retirement accounts. Here's the other cool thing. Say you're a high income person. Maybe you're a doctor or somebody who works for something that's affiliated with a government institution, and you have access to both a 457 as well as a 401k at your employer, you can double up. There are two different code sections of the IRS tax code. Realize 401ks, 403bs are subject to 415 limits. That's part. That's the code section that the IRS has that says, hey, you can only put $18,000 as a salary deferral into your 401k or your 403b. They're all under the same code section. So it doesn't matter if you work at three different jobs throughout the year with three different employers and you made enough income that you'd want to max it out. The government would say, no, you can only put $18,000 amongst all of the organizations you worked with. With a 457, you could max out your 18000 under the 415 limits, but then you could also, because it's a completely different code section, you could put eighteen thousand in the four fifty seven. You heard me right. You could do. You could double down and double dip and essentially salary deferral thirty six thousand dollars in retirement savings if you have access to a four fifty seven. Unbelievable. I mean, Unbelievable. For, for high income people that have access to these plans, like the doctors, some school administrators, mm-hmm. college professors, things like that. These things are tremendous double-dipping tax savings opportunities for those hyper-savers that really want to take advantage of the of these savings plans. Um, let's transition to retired retirement tools for self-employed or employers. And you already mentioned, Brian, this includes side hustlers. So side hustle. Even if you don't think of yourself as self-employed, but you have a little woodworking business, you're doing something on YouTube. You speak. You, yeah. you do speaking deals. Even if you have income that's taxable to you somewhere else. Do I sound millennial when I say side hustle? No. I don't? Not even remotely. I kind of feel, I kind of feel like, you know, it's putting on a, a fancy pair of pants that, you know, only hipsters wear. Yep. yep. When I, when I no. think of Brian Preston, hipster is the first thing that comes to my mind. Side hustle is kind of a hipster word, though. No, you're right. You're nailing it. Okay, I'll Killed move it. on. I'll, I'll move on before I age myself anymore. But retirement for the self-employed or employers or the side hustlers, we'll, we'll save some love for them as well. But no pressure, as I mentioned, when you start a company, 
you, you not only are you trying to keep the lights on, but hey, you've got to save for retirement too. So you're hoping that whatever you do for yourself is successful enough that you can also grow this thing to the point that you can hopefully save for the future as well. And I know a lot of you are successful with that. That's kind of the American dream. So I want to walk through what your options are for that self-employed person that is also graduated to where they are the employer status. The SEP IRA, as I told you, is one of those first stops you make in the journey of becoming a self-employed individual that's making enough income that you need to save for the retire, save for retirement. And here's the way this typically goes down. Let me play, put on my, my tax hat for a minute, cause I do have background in doing tax preparation for years as a CPA. All right. Is that you, you, you have a person whose business has grown. They're self-employed. They started with this dream. It's starting to work for them. And then they send you their tax information. You look at it and you go, Bob, Shannon. You made a, you made a decent amount of money last year. So because you made a hundred thousand dollars last year, you owe X in taxes. Say twenty grand in taxes. And then your jaw drops. Oh, whoa, no, I, I owe twenty grand. How are we going to get out of that? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to pay twenty thousand dollars in taxes. How am I going to get out of those? So as a CPA, you typically go, well, guess what? There is a way without a flux capacitor, without a DeLorean, we can actually bend time and take away some of that income from last year. And the easiest way to do it is a SEP IRA. Because what you tell a small business owner is say, you made some money this year. Let's go ahead because you can open these accounts up after the tax year. Meaning that we know that 2016 is ending on Sunday with December 31st. Or actually, it's ending on Saturday. I'm getting my dates wrong there. It ends Saturday night, December 31st. So January 1st, you wake up or even fast forward to February and you got your work meeting with your CPA and they go, you made money last year. How in the world are we going to lower taxes? You can set up a SEP IRA in 2017 all the way, not to April, because you heard Bo say earlier, with IRAs, you have to fund those by mid-April, by the fi- tax filing deadline. SEP IRAs give you an additional benefit. They let you take it all the way to the extended deadline. So you can actually fund a SEP up until about October 15th of the following tax year. That, as long as you extended your tax return legally and, and made, checked all those boxes that are required for that, that's a tremendous opportunity because that's what your, your CPA will then tell the small business owner, hey, we could set up a SEP IRA where you contribute this amount, and if you took it as wages, we can deduct 25% of your income. If you're self-employed income, meaning that it's still got to go through self-employment taxes of the, the Social Security and Medicare, you can deduct 20% of the income that's going to be subject to self-employment tax. Guys, that is a huge win because essentially what I used to tell my, my, my clients that I was doing the tax preparation for Let's go ahead and let the government fund 20 to 25% of your retirement and give you with the, through these tax deductions that you're going to get. SEP IRAs are that first step into success for a small business owner. But remember what we said. This could also be for a side hustle. I just had this experience, this discussion with one of my clients who um, has a company, you know, he's an executive level with a company, but then he does some speaking, does some consulting, does some other things on the side where he has additional income coming in. And, and they were asking, how can we lower our taxes? And I was like, well, with that side income, why aren't y'all doing a SEP IRA? Well, they were like, I didn't know we could do both. I was like, no, you can do both. And I sent them some links and, and showed them that it is true. You can have, you can max out your 401k. And then if you have side income, you can also do a SEP IRA and really help 
shield as much of that income as possible from taxes and also turbocharge your retirement where you're building that army of dollar bills. An incredible, incredible opportunity. If you're trying to figure out how much can we put into a SEP IRA, realize that you can put up to $53,000 in 2016. In 2017, it goes up to fifty four. Here is the catch with SEPs. It's all funded by the the company, meaning that you, the individual, are not actually contributing to these plans. It is coming directly from your company. Um, so as soon as you start adding employees, typically SEPs don't make as much sense because right. um, then you, you know if you, you you'd have to if you funded you know twenty percent of your income towards a SEP, you'd have to fund twenty percent towards your employees' wages as well, and sometimes that gets cost prohibitive for small business owners. Uh, when when you go to set this up and you go to figure out how much you you contribute, it probably is wise to seek counsel of a professional, either tax advisor, financial advisor, only because the mathematics can be somewhat complicated. Uh, you can't just willy nilly throw fifty four thousand in there. You have to no, there are yeah, percentages there's, there's that it falls into. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's what like right now we set up one last week for for a client that had some self employment income, and I said, you know. And actually, this is a great segue. We actually set up a solo 401k because, and let me go ahead and before I finish my story, tell you, go ahead and, and stick my foot into the, the transition of talking about a solo 401k. I consider the solo 401k to be the next evolution of the SEP IRA because here's the cool thing. You heard me bragging about how great 401ks are. It's because they allow you to save a ton of money through salary deferrals. They give your employees the opportunity to save money, but you know, as you're in that transition from a SEP IRA and you're trying to figure out, but I, I don't have enough money that I can really max out that $53,000. That's just, that's, that's a lot to, to get to 20% um, of my income or 25% if you're taking wages. That's just a lot of money that has to flow through. It makes it much easier if you do a solo 401k. Solo 401ks don't have that, those testing requirements that I was talking about previously. You don't have to follow 5500, which is the annual IRS filing. You don't have to do all the discrimination testing and highly compensated testing and all the other things you have to do with a traditional 401k. Solo 401ks are set up for small business owners to essentially get a pass on that stuff until the account's worth about $250,000. And you typically only see these when it's just the owner and or a spouse that works for them. These don't work as well once you have employees, right. but they are the next evolution from a, from a SEP IRA because they allow you to put take advantage of those salary deferrals where you can put $18,000 a year from you, the employee, employee slash employer, or $24,000 if you're over 50, into the plan on top of that contribution from the company, that 20 or 25% that's coming from the company. You get to put those in combination and then see if you get closer to the $53,000 for 2016 or $54,000 for 2017. So solo 401ks are that next evolution. And that's what we were talking about um, when I was telling the story. I had a, a client who had some side income. We just set up a solo 401k because you do need to get those salary deferrals in by year end. Right. Those, are, those are tied to your calendar year, your tax year. But then the profit sharing, because just like the, the SEP can be funded afterwards, the profit sharing side, which is that 20% or 25% of the solo 401k, typically has to be calculated by your CPA because that, that their system will calculate that number to make sure that you're taking into account the self-employment taxes and all the offsets. So there's no surprises. So when I was telling this client, they're like, okay, I funded the 18,000. What's the next step? I said, well, the next step is we have to go meet with your CPA, give them all the tax records, and then they will calculate how much we can do 
into the solo 401k. Same thing with SEP IRAs. Your CPA or your tax preparer will typically tell you how much you then can contribute into those SEP IRAs for the funding of those things. So, Bo, holy cow. I feel a little winded. I mean, we, we just ran through. It was a sprint. We just ran through all the different versions of saving for retirement. Like I said, I guess if we were blowing through them, we got the IRAs, we got the simple IRAs, we got SEPs, we got 401ks, 403bs, 457s, all of these things. Without a doubt, every one of you guys who are listening have the opportunity to participate in some of these different accounts. Get out there and take advantage of it because the government... I think, you know, the tax code, it's gotten away from it to some degree, but a lot, there are things written to the tax code that are trying to encourage your behavior. And the reason the government gives you so many incentives on the tax savings is they're scared. They're nervous. Why did they come out with Roth accounts? They really are trying to get you to incentivize you to save for retirement because they're worried about Social Security funding. They know right. that the government cannot fund to do it all. So they've come up with these great opportunities to try to help you um Save for the future and build your own army of dollar bills. Now realize all these plans we talked about are either funded by you or they're defined contribution type plans from your employer. There is a whole different segment with defined benefit plans, meaning pensions, deferred comp plans. We didn't get into that stuff. I guess that's the only part of the discussion, but I wanted to hit the biggest group of you out there because those things, if you have those type of issues where you're trying to figure out your pension, you're trying to figure out your deferred comp, those are things a little on the higher side, and you're probably going to need to take your relationship to the next level because there's so many different intricate variables and facets that you need to take into account to make sure you measure twice, cut once on those decisions. So so that's why we have not covered that. But kind of to close out the show, great 2016, really excited for 2017. You know, one of the things I, did, I, I haven't talked a ton about, guys, is that, you know, I transitioned to Tennessee this year. At the latter part of the year, I moved up to Tennessee. My family, you know, I transitioned them months earlier because I had kids in school. I have walked away from the public service side of my life. I was, you know, for 12 years, I was an elected official. You guys don't probably realize, Bo knows all my employees now, that took a lot of my time. I mean, it probably was 15 to 20 hours a week of work. You guys have no idea how excited I am to let you know 100% of my effort and the years going forward is to make sure that I'm doing a great job of educating you, also providing a great client experience for everybody who takes the relationship to the next level. There is an energy inside of me to see what we can accomplish now that that public service side of my life is is over. So I want you to know I am so excited to see what we can accomplish in the coming year. We're really going to open this thing up. You're going to see that passion. You're going to see that devotion in the topics. You're going to see how we're working through it. You're going to see the new website that we did for Abound. I think you can tell there's a freshness to it. There's there's an energy and a passion that's flowing through these projects that I want your feedback on. So I hope you can, none of this would have been possible without your help. And that's why I get so excited. This little dream that I started in 2006, the desire to educate you, because remember, I'm third generation educator. My mom was a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher myself. And and this was my, my outlet to share. Little did I know this little engine that could was going to morph into something that was a much bigger platform than I ever could have imagined. You are the reason that's possible. Made all of my dreams come true. Made it made me able to pick up my entire family, all my employees, move them to the state of Tennessee so my daughter could go to a special school for her learning needs, being autistic. Y'all made all that possible. I get kind of, 
I mean, the hair on my arm really does stand up. So I, I think it's, it's, it's not appropriate if I don't reflect and share some of those things with you guys because y'all are such a big part of it. And I feel so blessed. I feel the providence that has come from all the giving that you guys have done by just listening and letting us know by writing us, becoming clients. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I could I could say thank you a gazillion times and it wouldn't be enough. But um, if you ever want to share how we are helping you or if you have show ideas or there's things you think that we should be covering or like I said, you just want to take the relationship to the next level, do reach out to us. You can write me directly. I'm Brian at moneyguy.com or you can write my co-host, Mr. Bo Hansen at Bo at moneyguy.com. We're here for you. We want to make sure we make this thing better every year. We're, we're now, like I said, going into... It is, I'm getting the math right on that, as I mean, we will be starting our 12th year, 11 complete years of broadcasting. Um, we just want to keep making it better. So hang in there, write us, become part of the Money Guy family. We'll talk to you in 2017. I'm your host, Brian Preston. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston, and Brian Preston is a partner with Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. I think I literally just heard the death rattle leave it. Like, I think, <laughs> if you're still funny. listening, guys, that was uh, the death rattle. <laughs> the, poor, the poor iPod, I think, just died. So we might be starting 2017 with a, a new device to um, provide the, the disclosures and the audio. That was so sad. I mean, it just literally died on the table. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at it flatlined, and then I guess this will go in the museum of the Money Guy podcast. As a as a, a fitting ending for 2016 <laughs> is that my first generation iPod officially died. So um, I think it's been a good one. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great um, New Year's Eve celebration, and we'll see you in 2017.